Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, the 109th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, with me, your host, Daryl Delane, as always. Whether you're listening via Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, WJCU on this Saturday morning, I want to thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. i got a great show today. Going to have Scotty Johnson. Going to talk a lot of NBA with Scotty. Also going to have Ben Karen host the Sports Crawler Podcast. Uh, for our second interview, I'm going to talk a lot of college football with Ben. Things uh, about the college football playoffs. The, the committee dropped their second installment of their uh, college football ranking system. So I'm going to talk a bit about that. Ben's surprise team for the college football playoffs. You're going to want to hear all that. And like I said, me and Scott are going to give our takes on the NBA. And it's going to be really interesting. But here's where I want to start. And there's a lot going on right now. Because as I'm actually recording, this is the aftermath of the Browns. Steelers melee that happens, right? Before I get into that, I do want to do this. So Thursday, November 14th, it's my grandma's, Gertrude Lane's 88th birthday. Still go kicking strong, still all there, still healthy, still drives, still lives by herself. So I want to give my grandma a little shout and a little round of applause. Give her a little shout out on the podcast. Also, I forgot to mention this. Last week, November 8th, was my little brother John's birthday. He turned 20. So I want to give a shout out to my little brother John, too. And now that we got that out the way, you know, speaking of family, too, it makes sense. There are some family, and I don't always say this on the podcast, but I want to say this again. There are some families, you can tell how the children act by their families, you know? Usually, if the parents are kind of crazy, a little off, don't have discipline, the child doesn't have discipline. You know what's very likely? If a mother doesn't show up to work, why would you expect her son or daughter to show up to school? Right? If their dad is a deadbeat, why would you expect them to necessarily aspire to be something? You see, a lot of the times, who we are, our beliefs, our, our concepts of reality have to do with the people we're around and the people that influence us and the people that instill values in us. Right? Good parents instill good values. Bad parents instill bad values. It goes the same for teachers. You want to know why maybe kids not doing too well in school, getting bad grades? Maybe it's because the teacher isn't teaching him or her the right thing. Miles Garrett tried to strike Mason Rudolph with a helmet and could have killed him on national TV, <laughs> right? Everybody that's ever played football or been in a kind of a, a fight in sports, you know, you, you know, everybody's punching, everybody's like, oh, we're going to do this, we're all slapping around. He takes the helmet off, you know, you're not going to do anything. You break it up. Because you know where it can go. Once you take the helmet off and you try to swing and you swing and you hit him, you are trying to now kill him. You could kill him. Or less severe, you can paralyze him. Or less severe, you knock him out. Or less severe, he just gets a concussion. Or, Or less severe, you just hurt him. See, and all those are very bad. You tried to do very bad things to him on national TV. That's not a good thing. And you know what that kind of says and what that emphasizes? Same old, same old Cleveland Clowns. Oh, maybe I should have said Browns. No, Cleveland Clowns. Then they just have a safety who was calling out media members and fans saying he was going to kill them. Freddie Kitchens, this organization, it's corrupt, it's inept. It has no discipline. And Baker Mayfield said it best after the game. This is the type of attitude is, is why we've been the way we have been for the last couple of years. Even with when, when you win, you beat the Steelers for the first time in a long time. Right? 
And after that game, eight seconds left, eight seconds left in the game, you have your best player, arguably, Miles Garrett, one of the one of the best players in the NFL, and the argument for defensive player of the year, you can make an argument he's the best player on the team. He decides to do that. And embarrass himself, embarrass his family, and embarrass his team. He did Freddie Kitchens no favors. The kid that's the bully in school, that's always beating up on the little kids, you want to know why he's doing that? And he keeps doing that even though he keeps getting suspended. You want to know why he keeps doing that? Because mom and dad say, oh, okay. Okay, okay, Big James. You can beat up on little Timmy at school. No discipline. No authority. You think Miles Garrett would do that if he was in New England? No. Because Miles Garrett would get cut on the spot in New England. Bill Belichick would say you're suspended for the rest of the season himself in his press conference. It's shameful. It's embarrassing. It's Cleveland. It's the clowns. Now cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Scotty Johnson on the show. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my brother. He hasn't been on in a while, but we got him back on now. Scotty. Scotty Johnson. How you doing, Scotty? I'm doing good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing great. Now, now, Scotty, tell me, what have you been up to, Scotty? I, I feel like I haven't talked to you on the podcast in so long. What have you been up to, man? I'm just, you know, going to school, working. It's been like the first time I actually, I worked, I had a job in high school, so, you know, I worked in family school before, but not while I was in college. Not like a real corporate job, but still being in college. So, like, balancing that out, it kind of did for me. But other than that's really not a lot I've been getting into. You know, we kind of almost towards the end of the semester, and you know how that go. So, but, and then with, as far as work, I'm still working the same job. And I usually work, I usually close, so. I close a lot, so you know I have a lot of nights where like I'm up, or I have a lot of days I have to say where I'm up, probably like six in the morning to about like twelve, one, one o'clock tonight. But other than that, I'm doing great, bro. I'm doing great. Now, Scotty, the NBA tipped off a couple weeks ago. I haven't gotten to talk to you about a lot of stuff, but here's where I want to start, Scotty. Where you want to start? So you're a Cavs fan, born and raised. And a team that you considered a rival for a long time, the Golden State Warriors, they finally have met their demise. Steph Curry, uh, broken hand. I think he broke it again. Uh, He's having surgery. They said he's going to be out for most of the season. He'll probably play at some point. There was a point where Draymond was hurt. D'Angelo Russell was hurt. This isn't the Warriors that you knew and hated. How bad or how happy do you feel about the Warriors' demise? Um... It's kind of bittersweet. I mean, but it's kind of like I'm not surprised because you see this. I kind of saw this coming. Not like this bad as far as them being the worst team in the league because I was the worst team in the league. I want to toss that in there. But I didn't see. I'm not really too shocked about it because Clay was already coming to coming into the season. Her they still had to incorporate the Angelo Russell, Draymond Green. I think you know still was banged up. Really, that was the only one that that was like, wow, you know, that that kind of put him like back. Cause it was already in the hole, but that kind of like, you know, put a put an end to it. But I'm not really, I'm not really taken by, wasn't really surprised by it at all. I didn't expect them to be two and nine, but I did expect for them to be, to you know, be like in that between like battling for eighth, between like eight and eleven in the West. So yeah, I'm not really too. Yeah, surprised about that. Really, I guess you could say I'm more happy than than angry. <laughs> you know, Draymond's talking a little bit less, Scotty. Does that make you happy? Yeah, you know, because it, I mean, cause it kind of, it just shows maybe that how, you know, the roles can change. I mean, they had their run, you know, they, they made history. That That's probably one of the best runs that we've probably seen in sports in a long time. So especially in basketball, you know, we've never seen anything like that was a team effort too. It wasn't just one person. I guess you could say it was. People like can argue that 
was a one man led by one man, but for the most part, it was team orchestrated. It was built up from within the you know the organization organizational staff, and they produced. But like I said, you know times change. It's going to be a time where you're winning. It's going to be a time where you're losing. But what makes you what makes you going to be remembered as a Warriors dynasty is how you bounce back. You know after this season, because we already know it's going to be a failed season. So when everybody comes back healthy, and they will be healthy next season. Uh, they at least should expect it to be healthy next, you know, next season. I think it might be different because I do think they can be like one of those teams, like a San Antonio, where they can be relevant through another decade or at least win in like two different decades. I don't think they got that potential, but we'll just have to wait and see. Can you know, they? Time, time can, can they return to championship status by next year? Like, be a legitimate contender next year? Um, I think they can, but like I said, they 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 have to be healthy. You know, stuff can't have no. A broken hand, you know, Clay will be back from his ACL. The only person I really feel like they have to worry about as far as injuries goes will be Draymond. But I think, you know, he got starting to get his body together too because he got his body together last season before the playoffs and by, you know, up until the playoffs. So I think he'll be good. You know, D'Lo be, be in the system more. He'll be more used to it. He'll have more experience. And also the young players, they got, they got good young boys too. You know, they got um, my guys from Villanova. You know, Eric, I think his name is Eric Pascal. Yes. From Villanova. Yep. And Jordan Poole from Michigan. They got, you know, a lot of good young talent. And they, they're good at, you know, cultivating that and motivating, developing that into a decent, you know, NBA player. So what they did to Quinn Cook so, and Jordan um, Bell. So they're good at player development. So, yeah, I do think that next season they could become contenders. Now, and here's what I want to say about the Warriors, right? Uh, Steph Curry, who's the engine that drives this team, uh, he started, like, to, to me, and this is my whole point about this, and here's why I would be concerned about the Warriors for the next couple of years, especially in terms of being a contender. They're all going to be on the wrong side of 30. They're all getting towards the wrong side of 30. Eakin there, Clay's 29, I believe Draymond's about 30 now. Steph Curry's 31. And here's my thing. While people say maybe it's best that Steph Curry takes a breather, uh, he's played uh, in five straight finals, long playoff runs, he needs this rest. Here's what I would say. You only have so many more prime, peak, athletic years in you. Steph Curry, is from this point forward, he will not get any better at basketball. He will get worse. He's in that stage of his career. So how can the Warriors mask that and still be able to succeed? Because... If Steph's not going to get any better, if Clay's not going to get any better, and Draymond's not going to get any better, and they're all going to get worse as the years go on, how can they compete? Because I don't think, I mean, I think this generation of basketball is starting to prove like the older you get, the really, depending on the type of player you is and how good good condition your body is, I think that you can, you're not going to, you're not going to descend per se, like as you get older. I think you, can, you have to, and you can get better. It's a chance they can get better. I think their team, it wasn't based on really like athleticism and size, really. It was based on like shooting, you know, running, and just working together as a team. So, like, I think it's, if they can keep those three, the only reason they could be like contenders is just off those three alone and their chemistry together and how they, you know, uplift the team with their leadership and on the court and off the court. So, I do think that, you know, the age. Thing is not a factor. I don't think it's a big factor like how it used to be anymore. Because all they do is shoot, and you know when you shoot, when, you, when you're shooters, as far as like Steph and Clay Thompson, and when you shoot, when you're a shooter, that like you don't lose that. You can lose athleticism. You know, you might you might lose the first step, but the shooting, the you know, is always going to be there. And I do think like that they won't they won't be as bad. You know, as as, as we think as it's like you. You're saying, I do think they can be like a San Antonio where they'll be winning like almost in their mid-30s. Really, because... Not winning the championship. Because, Scotty, I think Steph Curry's days as a top five player in the NBA are done. Think so? I, I mean, I mean, he's not better than LeBron. He's not better than Kawhi. He's not better than Giannis. He's not better than Harden. Is he... I don't think he's better than Joel Embiid. Nah, not to, well, You can't say that this season now because he hurt. You get hurt more as you get older. It's harder to recover, Scotty. It's harder to recover. 
I mean, but he he still got time, though. I mean, he still got one more season. He's not that old, though. He only, what, 31? So he can still come back next year and have a decent season. He wasn't having a bad season. He, they was just losing. As far as his numbers and averages, like, they were cool. He just, you know, just like got the same team around him. Okay, so, different team too. so how about this? How many prime years do the Warriors have left? How, how many years do the Warriors have, have left where they can be a contender? I mean, as far as all of them being in their prime, we might not see that again, but I don't <laughs> think they have to be in their prime to be contenders. Okay, how, 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 many, how many years can the Warriors still contend? I'd like two more. Two more, two, three more. I'll give two, three more years. Because I do think that is going on, you know, it's, it's definitely like it's not the same how it used to be, but that's also because teams got used to the Warriors too. There, you know, teams are they got tired of that. Not just the players, also, but just the world. Like the Warriors always got, you know, they always got. They say they got lucky. They say they got the cakewalk every year. A lot of that's what, that's what the general talk is. Most like sport, you know, sports talk. So I, they got like at least like two more years, two three more years. Now. And speaking of the words, right, and resting older players, when you talk about load management now, and, and LeBron uh, kind of started load management, and then Kawhi took it to a whole nother level, uh, missing games last year, not missing games this year, and the NBA even uh, mentioned a memo, and everybody's been talking about it. Scotty, do you think players should sit, right? You're a paying fan. Do you think that you should be a little pissed if LeBron, Kawhi, uh, Kobe, those guys don't play, and you understand the other side of it, that you want to rest these guys, but... Where, where do you fall on that, Scotty? You know, there's been like a big talk lately in the past couple of days, past couple, you know, week. But I kind of had like mixed emotions about it because when I was young, I was on the spectrum. Of, like I was more so on the player side. Like, no, you know, they should have, they should get, you know, they should. If they feel hurt or they feel like they can't play, they shouldn't play. Then they, you know, they have that right. They know they, they, know, they should know about. They know nobody know their bodies. How they know their bodies. So you know, I think that they did have more. I think that did matter. But this is when I was younger. Probably like I, I could say in middle school. I used to have this debate in my head all the time. But then as I got older, like up until now, I could understand the other and aspect of you know they're paying their hard hard earned money that they work for and they earn. And then you spend it, you know, on a ticket, and the person that you goes to see, you know, doesn't play. So that can't kind of be disappointing. That never happened to me before, so I can't explain how I. So I really can't really, you know, I don't know what that feels like, but I can probably get a decent understanding. Say, I probably will be upset if that were to happen to me, but it, but it hasn't. So where I'm at right now with it is that I think either. To stop it, I think they should probably just shorten the season because I think that the players don't want to play 82 games no more as far as because I think more people are playing basketball at a much higher rate than they did back then and it's starting to put, you know, a lot of strain on the body. It was, um, I forget who brought it up, but I was watching a sports show. I want to say it was um, Jalen Rose. He's the one that said it, but somebody did a research and that was, that was the research that players are, you know, starting to play more then than they did now and it's starting to put more of a strain on the body that's why a lot of players young are getting hurt more no 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 I, and I no, no, and, and Scott, what, what I'm going to say is this too, when you talk about like ticket prices, right, for those of people who don't know, and I'll explain this really quickly uh, let's say uh, last year, right the yeah. Warriors are coming to play the Cavs, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry Draymond Green, Clay Thompson the Cavs are a bad team, right, LeBron's gone, so the, but those ticket prices are going to be a lot higher because you have Kevin Durant, you have Steph Curry, you have Clay Thompson. People are going to pay those tickets, right? Let's say my family comes and they drive from Buffalo and they go there and we get tickets, Warriors, Cavs, and then Steph Curry and Kevin Durant don't uh, sit. But we still get have to pay for those tickets. Then we're looking at everybody sideways. Because we already bought the tickets. No, no, see, but, but if you see, yeah, but that's where I was going That That's why I said they should show it in the season because the players don't want to play the 82. And nobody's saying it yet, but they don't want to play the 82, so you have to show it in the season. Because I do think at the end of the day, bruh, the players do, they should have the right because it's their bodies to say whether or not they want to play or not. Like, I, 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 I understand that's why I'm more, but that's why I said they should show it in the season because also the fans, 
spend they they spend their money for it. They came to see you, even though I feel like they should come watch the game and not just one player. I feel like you should, you know, just go enjoy the game, just enjoy being out, just enjoy being in the atmosphere and the environment of the basketball game. But some people don't want to go see that. Some people just literally go there to see, you know, the headline at the star. And like that's and that's and that's okay too, but I, I say, I, my whole thing is on those nights, man, if you want to end it, just, you know, just shorten the season. No, 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 Scotty, here's the thing. You shorten the season, the players get less money. Like, that revenue goes down. I don't think, I, no, I don't think, I don't think it'll go down. Really, I think, because then that'll make it more, I feel like it'll make it more competitive to watch because it won't be, you know, as much games. And teams won't like tanking. Probably wouldn't be a thing. It wouldn't be probably viewed now as it would be as if it were if the season was if the season were shorter. No, I'm talking about when when I'm talking about when fans pay tickets, they buy concessions. All that stuff leads to revenue for that tonight. If you cut twenty games, you're losing a lot of money. Not yeah, but they'll figure they figure out how to make it back. It's the NBA. Well, the owners will figure out how to make it back. I don't think the owners are going to want to give it to the players, Scotty. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, but, no, but the owners, but it's, it's what the players are. And the, and um, Adam Silver is a player's, you know, commissioner, per, per se. So, you know, he's going to cater to the players. The players, I think, I really believe that's that's what it is. The players just don't want to play the 82. So that's a high risk because then if they get injured, it's like, yo, you know, what what happens when they get hurt? Then it's like it's over with for them. And it's like, okay, well, maybe that's next season. No, no. You got to be smart about it. Like, you only get one shot at this. So you got to play it smart. And that's the thing. Like, the players are smarter now. They know they know more. They got more access to information. Like, I would, like, what would you do? Like, would you risk that? Like, would you risk that? These players have to prove to some people, like, that, that they're hurt by playing hurt. And that's part of the reason, too. That's why I say, like, the whole, you know, people playing ball basketball at a, rate, at a higher rate, you know, than what they did back then. That's why I say, like, that's why you have to shorten it, because a lot of people, like, have a lot of miles on their leg. And that's because they want to get to where they are now to do that. So I feel like to fill that void this certain season, they, if they miss out money, the only thing that's going to be shortened really is just the amount of games that people watch. And people only watch, really watch the games during the playoffs towards the end anyway, towards after the All-Star break. Now, Scotty, um, we talk about low management, right? We talked about Kawhi Leonard, uh, who kind of kind of took that to a whole another level. But Kawhi Leonard has been playing fabulous this year. Scotty, you might disagree with me on this. I don't care what you think on this, actually. But I, I think Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the NBA, clearly. And I think LeBron's too, but I won't get into that. But Kawhi Leonard, something I've seen is Kawhi Leonard, which has really surprised me and really impressed me. His development as a passer, I believe he had nine assists against the Raptors last night. Just talk about Kawhi's evolution as a basketball player and how he keeps getting better and better and better. Um, yes, he has, and I'm glad, glad I got a chance to watch it. You know, like, Kawhi, I, I do agree that he's the best player in the league. It's between him and Giannis. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be honest. I wouldn't. LeBron, but I do think LeBron is still, like, the Lakers are still going to be, well, like, Oh, wait, 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 Scotty. It's, it's, it's the team that they have around them. But just, I don't think LeBron... It's not the best player, but he's definitely still top five. Say that one more time. So LeBron's not one or two. He's not the best player. <laughs> Say that one more time. I mean, but it depends. But it depends. But it kind of depends on how you, how you like, how you look at it too, though. Because he's still doing LeBron stuff. Like that's that's we can't like you know not that he he almost almost average in a triple double. So like. And he's playing a different role, too. No, he's not playing like the role he used to play in either. So, and they saying he still might finish with the MVP at the end of the season. So, but I would take I would take Kawhi. You know, it's not to take anything from LeBron. He's still top five. If not, if Kawhi number one, then I wouldn't argue with LeBron be number two, or somebody like Giannis. But he's having a good season too. I'm, I'm liking what Giannis is doing as well. No, but so I, Kawhi definitely over the years has you know got better. And, and him as a passer, Kawhi used to be a guy that averaged like two assists a game. He he can legit play point forward now. Like, I mean, but that's because he's on a different team. You got to think about he in a different system. He was around other scorers too. Even like when they got older and when they started to retire, he still 
you know, it was it was in a role where he was in a position where it was really just him, and like his the system wasn't really like how can I say it wasn't more so how basketball is played now. I should say where it's just three, where it's just you know make or miss, you know either you shooting three or it's like just straight layups. Kawhi's game not based on that, but I'm saying like the team, the Clippers and the Raptors was more of a team like that than the Spurs were. They played a different style of the basketball. You follow what I'm saying? I have a question. I think that's why. I think the passing. He always been doing the pass. It's just the systems he's been playing in. Can Kawhi get better than he is right now? Like, do you think this is the best Kawhi Leonard is? Like, this is Kawhi Leonard. Do you think he has another level? Um, nah, I think this is from Kawhi. I think this is from Kawhi. I think his numbers and stuff might change, but as far as, like, him elevating the game, I think this is it. I think, you know, because he bought, like, what, 28, 29? I feel like once he hit about, like, you know, 32, 33, maybe 34, that's when you might start to see, like, you know, decline, but I, I think this is like prime Kawhi, or at least he's entering it. You could argue that, but I'd say he already, you know, after last season, he's definitely in his prime, and I, but I don't think he has another seven. I think this is like, this is the, this is the best Kawhi we're going to get like for the rest until he starts to decline. Now, reportedly, Paul George is going to play on Thursday. Uh, yes. how, what type of level? Because the Clippers are already or have already been good. They beat the Lakers opening day. Uh, and they look like they could be a contender even without Paul George. But once they get Paul George back, finished third in the MVP voting last year, what does that do to this team? Well, it definitely makes them better defensively because they beat the Lakers without, without Paul George. And that, you know, that's something. And that, that's because really, Daryl, I, I love that team, the defense. I, I really do. I really do. Their defense is something I've never seen before. I really, it reminds me of like, the Detroit, the Detroit, not the bad boys or the, the, the 80s, but like the recent one that was to beat the Lakers. The, the B- Shauncey, Rip, Ben Wallace. Yes, Ben Wallace, Shauncey Billups. Not, not even as far as his play style, just as far as them being great, I mean, wanted. That's how I really feel like that's what it's going to come down to in the playoffs and with whoever team that has to play against them. I think it's going to come down to who wants it more. It was the same team that took the Warriors last year in the first round of the six games. The only team to take them this game outside of the Toronto Raptors, and I was in the finals. And they played the Warriors in the first round, of, in the first round of the playoffs. So you know that says a lot. And all they did was add. They lost a, what a couple people and added two two pieces and a couple. Like it was worth. You could say it was worth the trade. So I do think I I think the defense is going to get way better. The offense, and I feel like the defense is going to be so amazing that it's going to make the offense just as better. So. I'm not even worried about offense. This defense is going to be just going to be a static. Now, now, Scott, I want to talk about Philadelphia for a second. Uh, ben Simmons, mm-hmm. Scotty, you know, you want to know how many points Ben Simmons is averaging this year? I'm not sure at this moment. I was just looking at the averages too. Thir- th- th- thirteen yeah. points, thirteen points, Scotty. And he's supposed to be your second best player, your star. He just got a, a big contract. And I also want to say this. The 76ers are playing the Cavs. G- guess what? This is even more funny, Scotty. You're, you're going to laugh at this. You know Tristan Thompson's hit a three in Philly and Ben Simmons hasn't? Yes, I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with Ben and we were just talking about Kawhi being the same in terms of peak and like Curry and how if he's going to get worse. When is Ben Simmons going to improve his game and get better, or is he just is what he is? Um, hmm. I mean, this is fourth season, I believe. No fifth. This might be his fifth because he sat out. No, this is his fourth. This is his fourth. This is his fourth. Okay, yeah. So this is his fourth season. So I think that. Because to be honest, outside of his shooting, he has everything else. He can rebound, he can pass, you know, he can set up, he got good court vision, he plays defense, he can switch. So outside of his shooting, he has a complete all-around game. You know, he's tough, he's physical, he's great, grimy, just like Joel Embiid. Really, that's the only thing that's missing is his jump shot. And I, will, I do think that can change. You know, he, don't even, he doesn't even have to develop like a, a sniper. He can just... Get to a point where he can, you know, take the shots in the certain spots where he knows he's comfortable shooting. Some shooters, you know, they do that. They just shoot. That's what Steph Curry does. Basically, just shoot from the same spots he feel comfortable. He just gets to his spots. 
and then Simmons can do that too. But the difference is, then by him not shooting, he does like floaters or like you know I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with how the way he floats it, but it's like a little, it's a crazy floater, and it usually goes in fifty. It goes in it's like fifty fifty. But the only thing that's missing out of his game really is his jumper, and I do think he, he can improve that over the next like you know three four years. People told me he was going to prove his jumper after year two, Scotty, and he still can't shoot outside of five feet. That's probably a mental thing. And he's still, and it's probably the team he's playing for. Maybe he might have to leave, you know, with Philly after his contract, you know, when it's, once his contract up. They just signed a tight contract. So maybe, it, maybe it's the team. But I think he has the potential too, though. I'm, I don't think he's going to be a lost talent. I don't think he's going to be a name that you hear, like, you know, that you keep hearing. And it's, Scotty. How big of a dumpster fire are the New York Knicks right now? Can you say that again, bro? How big of a dumpster fire are the New York Knicks right now? Oh, the Knicks. Sheesh. Why you got like that, man? That's your city. Why you got like that? Hey, you know what else I want to say what Steve Mills and them did? Scotty, that's black on black crime. How do you do that brother David Fisdell like that, Scotty? That's just the league, yo. That I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that was real because I saw like a post on, you know, if it was a fake page or not. I thought they said like the post said that they were gonna fire him. Did they fire him? No. Okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. Uh, okay, cool. So they didn't fire him. I mean, it's New York, you know. I think they're gonna have to. They can't get a new owner, but I really feel like a part of that is the owner and the manager, and like you know the the staff. I think they they're not run properly, I, but I do think they have like a great talent of young players though, and if they you know develop correctly, I do think they can you know develop into a good team in the in the East. But if, you know they're not ran properly, so that can either go left or right anytime. So I don't, I don't know what's up with New York. We got a better we got a better record than New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that might change after tonight. I don't know if we if we beat Philly or not, but. When I checked the standards earlier, we did have a better record in New York, but probably with this loss, they might they might change it. But I think, but I do think I like the the young players that they got, like Captain R.J. Barrett. He's been having a good, you know, rookie season. Blondo Trier been having a good second year. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, and they got and Marcus Morris. They got they got a lot. They have a lot of good players, and I don't think like it. it all they got to do is just be developed in the right way. But like I said, they can't, you know, do nothing with the owner. So the owner going to have to, you know, step it up or get some, you know, or I don't know. Because the GMs is solid. They got the players. It's just the, the owner. It's just the energy around the owner. Now, now Scotty, uh, I'm going to ask you this before I let you go, Scotty. Uh, Colin Kaepernick working out for NFL teams. What's your reaction when you hear that? He's working out for teams like next week or something like that, but he is working out for NFL teams apparently. Okay. Um, I like. I didn't know that. I did not know that. It's my first time hearing that. Um, I, I, nah, I don't know because we didn't heard this so you know one time before. I don't want to say nothing too much about it until like, I see like, the end result. You know what I mean? Like, if it's one of, them, one of the moments where like, you don't want to hear about uh, what's going to happen, you just want it to happen at this point. At, this, at least at this point, you know what I mean? Because Colin really hasn't spoken since like 2016, 2017. It's only been like in certain spurts where there's just like somebody interviewed him or it's just him like, you know, putting on an ad for a commercial or something like that. So I think that. I'm just waiting on, you know, I'm just waiting on the end result. I want, him to see, I want to see him on the field. I want to see him, whether it's him starting in the back. I want to see him in a dirty throw the football. You know, I want to see I want to see that guy back on the field. So, hopefully it goes that way. But, yeah, that's where I'm at right now with it. Scotty, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem, though. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. I keep doing it. And come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Ben Karen host the Sports Clover Podcast and talk everything college football. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk.
Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my friend and fellow podcaster, Ben Karen. He's the host of the Sports Squabber Podcast. You can check it out on SoundCloud, and I believe iTunes is right now, Ben? iTunes as well, or just SoundCloud? Um, iTunes, making a push. Okay, iTunes. So we're, so you can check him out on iTunes as well, but he's definitely on SoundCloud for SoundCloud for sure. Check out Ben Karen. Now, the first thing I want to ask you, Kyle, the uh, College Football Playoff Committee, they released uh, the teams, their top six teams. Number one, we have LSU. Number two, I believe we have uh, Ohio State. Three, Clemson. And four, Georgia. Five, Alabama. Six, Oregon. What's your reaction to those six teams? I think that the committee got it right for the most part. I wasn't that high on LSU until, you know, I saw them go and play Alabama. And true to my word, I think that uh, Joe Burrow is now the front runner for the Heisman. Uh, and they look like a really good team. They've really found a way to open things up on the offensive side of the football. You don't, uh, you don't hang a score in the mid-40s against Alabama very often. But they they look good all year long, so I like them at number one. I think Ohio State, to me, honestly, they might be the most complete team when you look at offense and defense. It's hard to say, though, because their schedule is so um, backloaded. You know, we're going to find out a lot about the Buckeyes here in this last part of the season. And that's something I'm looking forward to. You know, I want to see them go and play uh, Michigan and Penn State. And at this point, it looks like if they win those games, they're going to get Minnesota uh, as well. As far as Clemson 3, I think you got to put them at 3. Again, it'd be nice to see them play um, more teams in the top 25. I know they played A&M earlier this year and managed to win that, but they haven't had a lot of uh, competition, you know, week to week, not like some of these other teams. Uh, and then Alabama, people say, well, the schedule's pretty weak. Um, you know, I think that that, along with that loss this weekend, that bumped them out and put Georgia in. Um, Georgia really shut down Missouri this weekend, 27-0. Uh, so that looks good to me. And uh, Oregon, definitely a respectable choice as well. But at least when you consider the fact that, that they were leading Auburn almost that entire game that they lost, I think they only trailed the entire game for a matter of seconds. So all in all, I think the committee got it right. What are the chances that you think Alabama could get back into the top four? Because here's what I'm looking at. Right now, if you told me Alabama and Georgia were to play on a neutral field, neutral side game, I would still pick Alabama. I, I personally would have Alabama over Georgia. That's just me. I think if we're saying they lost a competitive uh, one-touchdown game to what we now consider the best team in the country in LSU, I think that's still worth them dropping down to four. Uh, do you think I'm right or wrong on that? Well, at this stage of the game, I, I, I'm going to say you're wrong. But I still think there's a chance for them to get back in. The way I see things shaking out, I think Ohio State's going to go undefeated the rest of the way, and they're going to have some very impressive wins. Impressive enough to maybe put them back at that number one spot. And then we look at LSU. You know, um... The end of their schedule, for the most part, is not bad. I will say, though, you know, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an A&M fan, but you, you saw the game last year. You know the Texas A&M is going to come and play. Um, you know, that's a potential trap game for a team that might be looking ahead to the SEC championship games. So they have to really take that game seriously so they don't get turned up by the Aggies. Uh, but I think as long as they take care of business, LSU is going to be in there. And I think they'll beat Georgia if they play them head-to-head would be my prediction, um, which would eliminate Georgia and put LSU in that mix. Then Clemson, I think, is going to win out the rest of the way, so they're going to for sure be in there. And then I think what you got, Daryl, is you have an Alabama team with one loss that doesn't have a very impressive schedule, 
and you're comparing that Alabama team more than not to potentially an Oklahoma team that might only have one loss that might be Big Ten champions, or Big 12 champions, sorry. And uh, then also you have the potential for Utah or Oregon to come out of the Pac-12 as a one-loss one team this year. So it'll be really interesting to see what the committee decides to do should that situation take place. But, but here's my I thing. Alabama, Oklahoma has a loss to uh, K-State. Uh, Oklahoma's lost to K-State. Alabama, their only loss is a one-touchdown one touchdown game to the best team in the country that we're calling them right now. That is a very good loss. And, and I, I understand that. I agree with you on that. But I guess what I'm saying, to kind of flip the script on you here, is who have they beat? That's true. That's that's true. But the eye test, do you think Alabama's better than Oklahoma or Oregon? Yeah, I mean, probably, you know. It, it does in part depend on the health of their quarterback. He was not looking too good at the end of the game uh, this past weekend. For sure, I would say that I'd go with the, you know, Pac-12 champion or a uh, or an Oklahoma potentially if, you know, Bama's now without the quarterback. Um, but, you know, I think it just comes down to who have they beaten. I mean, if they can beat Auburn at the end of the year, that'll make a statement. But, you know, Oklahoma has Baylor, who's moving up the ranks, who's undefeated right now. They're going to have a chance to potentially beat them twice, maybe. Um, and then you also have, you know, the, the winner of the Pac-12. If Utah beats Oregon, that's going to be a good win, and, you know, vice versa for Oregon if they beat Utah. So I think it's just, it, you know, it just comes down to who do we think you know, is that next best team. Obviously, I test would say Alabama, but when you're basing it on factual wins and losses, other teams may have more impressive wins than Alabama. And, and you actually want to know what's interesting, whether we think they should or shouldn't get in. I actually am under the impression at this moment if, if uh, like you said, the top three teams, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU, they all go undefeated, and then the, the fourth spot's in contention with... Uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Oregon. I think that Alabama will get in personally. I think the committee will vote Alabama in. I think that the danger there, and this is also what I want to admit, and I'm kind of a stickler on this, if there is another SEC championship, especially if it's Alabama and LSU, because if, if people don't remember, the last time we had Alabama, LSU, and they were this high ranked, <laughs> it was the 6-9 to nine, uh, snooze fest. I don't know if you remember that, Ben. <laughs> and then Alabama beat yeah. them again beat them again in the championship game, and that game kind of spurned the talk of having a playoffs. So if that happens again, I, I would have to imagine expansion is happening. Am I wrong? Well, I think either way you look at it, man, no matter what happens this year, we're on our way to expansion. I don't like it. I don't think it's good for college football, but I think that's where we're heading. The reason why I don't like expansion is that I think that it's going to take away some of the urgency. Uh, me as a sports fan, I like to watch the games every week and see what's going on because I know, you know, one one team makes a wrong step, you know, or makes a mistake, hey, they could be out of the playoff picture. If you start expanding it to eight, eight teams and, you know, automatic bids for conference champions, I mean, I think that's really bad. I, some years we've seen past golf champions with three losses. <laughs> you know, I'm live in eight, it's true. And, and I'll tell you this, and there's also the politics are going to come into play, and I was listening to Joe Clot talk about this. Joe Clot, uh, teams like the conferences like the Pac 12 are upset because, you know, they're Power Five and. Their, their teams aren't making the playoffs. They're going to want an automatic bid. When, when negotiations come back for all this, teams are going to be upset. I'm trying to tell you Ohio State's going to be upset again if they don't get in after the second year for some odd reason. Like, teams are going to be upset, and you are right. I think we are heading towards expansion, and I'm not necessarily the fondest of expansion either. I, I thought college football was fine personally, but I don't know about you when we had the BCS. I didn't mind the BCS. Right. 
Yeah, I, I didn't think it was that bad either. I mean, obviously, that uh, that game a few years back between LSU and Alabama, you were talking about, that's kind of a, you know, uh, Alabama didn't let them kill over the 50-yard line all, all game. You know, and then just they completely dominated. Um, yeah, that, that could happen on any given year, though. I mean, when we look at the Pac-12, we say, oh, the Pac-12 is going to be upset. No, no. Maybe rather than being upset, they need to play better football. You know, that's the truth. I mean, I, I think right now we're at a point in time where if you don't get in, you know, you, you only have yourself to blame because you made a mistake somewhere along the way or you messed something up to cost you a game. Now, Ben, when, when you were watching and you weren't, and you were a skeptic, of Joe Burrow and LSU, I think a little bit when I was talking before that game on Saturday. And they kind of proved you wrong, and they proved me wrong, because I did not believe Joe Burrow could do what he did to Alabama and Tuscaloosa on a national stage, and he did it. Is Joe Burrow not only a Heisman frontrunner, because I think you already mentioned that, but is he a top five prospect in the NFL draft? Like, what is Joe Burrow now? I think there's a lot of buzz around Joe Burrow. And, and, you know, right now, honestly, I'd say, yeah, he's, he's probably going to be a top five prospect because um, he can just flat out play. Uh, and I was skeptical about it, but I always said, I said, you know what, if he can go get it done against Alabama, I'm going to become a believer. And sometimes he's got to eat your words, man, when things happen. You know, and uh, he went out there and, you know, not that I thought he was a bad quarterback or anything like that, but um, going out to Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama on the road, that's not for the same heart. You don't see a lot of quarterbacks doing that. You know, that's um, maybe a once every three or four years kind of thing. So I was highly impressed with him. I think he's going to be one of the top prospects, probably along with the likes of guys like Justin Herbert, Chase Young. Uh, you know, now his name's going to be in that discussion. And my question when we're talking about prospects really quickly, when we talk about a two-attack of Aloha, and I know everybody was talking about it last year and even when he threw the beautiful rainbow pass against Georgia a couple years ago to win, how much of a great prospect Tua is. Here's what I want to say, and I want your opinion on this, Ben. First of all, Tua is small. Tua gets hurt a lot. And you know what? You know, you get hurt in college, you get hurt in the pros. You know, they're only going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And then also, Tua turns the ball over. He throws picks and he throws interceptions. He turns the ball over. Are you down on two as an NFL prospect? Not too much. I, I think that two can still play at a high level. I think, you know, you might be overstating how much he's turning the ball over. He obviously probably just had one of his ugliest games as a, uh, as a college player, you know, to date. Um, it's pretty clear to me he wasn't 100%. He's really hobbling around out there. Um, you know, and there are two ways to look at this, Daryl. The way I look at it is the dude was injured, and he was still trying to ball out and help this team out, and they only lost by a few points against a really good team. I, I think right now, I mean, as a prospect, he could potentially be better than a number of guys that are starting in the NFL. Um, Ryan Finley and uh, Mitch Trubisky come to mind, just to you know, name a couple. Ben, don't hate on Mitch Trubisky. He's from Ohio. Don't do not do that. <laughs> I'm not hating on him, man, but he just, you know, he's not looking good right now. <laughs> I know. Oh, man, I, I, I love the modest honesty, man. I, I love it. You know, I don't mean to hate on him, but he's just not that great right now. Now, Ben, tell me this. Nick Saban is known for defense, and that defense got shredded. And, you know, Joe Burrow made us a believer. Maybe it's more good Joe Burrows than bad Alabama defense. But which one do you think it is? Because that is shocking, because we do not see... Quarterbacks do that a lot in Alabama to that team, to that coach. Is Alabama's defense overrated? I think we have to we have to at least have a discussion about that. I think they could be slightly overrated. 
Um, you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen them get exposed a little bit. Um, you know, thinking back last year to the national title game, I think Clemson exposed them a little bit. Um, but, you know, in this specific situation, to defend them, it seemed to me like Alabama made a lot of mistakes early in the game, a lot of mental errors, things that definitely, um, you know, work to their disadvantage. And I do think the defense ended up out on the field more than they should have to begin with. And I think the fatigue factor is real for them. So I guess to answer your question, I would say, yes, I think they're overrated, but only slightly. Well, because, Ben, here would be my concern. Let's say Alabama does get in the playoffs. Let's say they get the fourth slot. They're either, at some point, here are the three quarterbacks. These are three teams that we know are getting in. Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson. So Alabama's either going to have to prepare for Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow again, or Justin Fields. They can't stop any of them. those three. That's a problem, Ben. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I do think it's a problem, but I wouldn't be ready to count them out yet. We saw what they did a couple years ago when they got in as the four seed. You know, and they're not the only team to win the college football playoffs. As a seed. We can even put them back to what Ohio State did uh, the first year that the playoff was um, installed. And they, you know, they also won the championship. So you should never count Alabama out. But right now, I think those other three teams have offenses that are maybe clicking a little bit more than what Alabama has to offer. Do you think it's possible that Nick Saban is a little overrated as a defensive mind? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I had to bring out I had to bring out the Skip Bayless in me. I, I had to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, boy, that's like a trap question. Um, I, I just I can't say that. I mean, when you look at it, all that that guy's accomplished, um, you know, in, in Alabama, even before that, at LSU, I mean, he's going to go down one day as one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. Um, you know, he's college with Bill Belichick. I think there are a lot of likes. In a lot of ways, I think Nick is like the college version of Bill Belichick. Um, in Alabama, it's kind of like a college version of Patriots. Um, but he's a great, great football coach. There's, I don't think there's a, there's a team in America, other than maybe Clemson, that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't swap whoever they had out to get Nick Saban. And I, I say that even as much as I love Kimbo Fisher. Now, Ben, and here's what I do want to ask you, too, uh, because it, it, it's, it's really interesting, too. When... Uh, you look at Alabama, and you even mentioned this. You don't think that they're necessarily they, – they've necessarily played the toughest schedule, but we talk about and we laud about how great the SEC is. So do you think that, Ben, that maybe the SEC is a tad bit overrated if we're not going to count the teams they played so far? Well, I think there's a lot of variability. That's what I think. And, you know, when we look at the SEC as a whole, and isn't just like – my coming level with you kind of take on the SEC. We look at the West. We know Alabama's going to be good. LSU is going to be good. You know, and uh, typically year to year, Auburn is pretty good. Uh, so at least four teams. Now, you know, on the bottom side of the West, we know Arkansas is terrible. You know, <laughs> we're not even going to debate that. I mean, they're just they're really bad. And then, you know, Old Miss is down this year, Mississippi State is down, and my Texas A&M team is, you know, somewhere in the middle. I think A&M is a very dangerous team. Um, I think if you looked at a lot of other, you know, um, divisions, they would probably be a lot closer to the top. But, you know, that's up to West. And then in the East, I think really... You know, the, the only two major, major teams are uh, and Georgia. The only, you know, maybe championship kind of caliber teams. And then you got South Carolina and, uh, you know, Missouri that are pretty good. And then, you know, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Um, you know, Tennessee right now. Those are all teams that seem to be down to me. Um, so, you know, it, it just depends when you're 
Texas A&M this year, you have a very strategic schedule. You have LSU, you have Alabama, you know, you're going on the road to play Georgia. It, you know, so, and you got South Carolina. Alabama, on the other hand, I, you know, I don't remember everybody they played off the top of my head, but I know they played Tennessee this year. You know, so it's not like they're playing Georgia or anything like that this year. And I, they're not playing Florida, I don't think. So, I just, yeah, I don't see um, really who they've played and beat. They have a, a decent win against Texas A&M, and that might be the best win of the year so far. I love A&M, but, you know, with the way that things are shaken out, you know, A&M's not a top 25 team right now. Well, let me tell you this. And, Ben, I'm going to say this. They have just as good of a win as Clemson does in beating Texas A&M. And, they have a, and their loss is an admirable loss because I don't know if Clemson could beat LSU right now. Yeah, well, we might find out. Now, Ben... I- I, I agree. I mean, I, I see Alabama and Clemson as kind of, you know, equals in a lot of ways because Clemson hasn't exactly played a tough schedule either. No, no. But, you know, Clemson talks of the defending champs. Whereas Alabama doesn't, you know, have that distinction. Not to mention, Clemson kind of had Alabama's number last year, and I think some people remember that. Now, Ben. I, and I really want to ask you this too, Ben, because you were really down on uh, UCF the last couple of years. We talked about this a little bit off the air before we started. But a team yeah. that could be that Cinderella, <clears throat> Minnesota. Are you believing in Minnesota? Are, are you believing in them, Ben? Um, well, I, mean, I guess it's not in your definition of belief. I mean, can you kind of define that a little bit? Well, 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 well Ben, what I'm telling you is... Uh, for some reason, if they make the playoffs, they will get blown out <laughs> by whoever they play. Yeah, I think they're going to get blown out, too, if they make the playoffs. I, I'm not taking anything away from what they did this weekend. is impressive. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I think really this year, I'm looking at them as probably the team that's going to represent the big Ten from the West. And I think, you know, they're probably going to go down versus Ohio State in the championship. So they get the right I to get blown out by Ohio State. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm going to probably go with Ohio State by 20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Ben. Now, now, now Ben, my, my last question for you before I let you go is this. You told me that you have a sleeper team. What is that sleeper team? Who is it to make the playoffs? I think the team that everybody's overlooking right now is Utah. And I know that, that sounds crazy because uh, we were joking around about them earlier in the year, but these guys, man, they've been playing some good football. And I think a lot of it goes unnoticed because they're not a big-name school. They're out in the Pac-12, so they play late at night. You know, a lot of people out on the East Coast aren't seeing this team on a regular basis. But I'm telling you, I think there might be something to this Utah team. And I think, you know, as much as people might not want to admit it, you know, a lot of the the destiny is still in their own hands. You know, they just have to win out and find a way to beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, and they might be the number four team going to the playoffs this year. I like Tyler Huntley a lot. I think he's a, he's a good quarterback. I think he's a very underrated quarterback. He was injured last year, so, you know, a lot of people aren't very familiar with him, but I'm telling you, check him out. Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, Daryl. It's always good to talk with you. And I want to thank Ben Karen for coming on the show. Always appreciate having the Sports Wobbler on the podcast. And like Ben said, he's on iTunes. Uh, you can check him out on SoundCloud. Always love listening to Ben's podcast. Really big college football fan. Big college football guy. Love having Ben on. Also, again, I want to thank my brother, Scotty Johnson, for coming on. Always appreciate Scotty coming on. And that's it for this episode, the 109th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. 
on WJCU on Saturday morning.